Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. ESPN 1000, Tyler Rocky in for the guys. They were in for Greeny earlier today. They'll be back with you from 10 to noon as well tomorrow. Right here on ESPN 1000 Live and local all day, starting with Cap and Jay Hood at 7 a.m. All the way through Bleck and Abdallah from 6 to 8. I'll be in for Bleck and Abdallah tomorrow from 6 to 8 as well. 312-332-3776. Talking Bears and the return for the number one draft pick. All of this sort of on the heels of an article that we saw from Courtney Cronin and Matt Miller from ESPN talking about the Bears and trading this number one overall pick. Can we agree as Bears fans? doesn't matter if you're a fan of Justin Fields or not. I think we understand what Ryan Poles is going to do. It may not be what you want him to do, but it's what he's going to do. He is going to trade this number one overall pick. Now it's down to how do you maximize what the value of the number one overall pick is? And I've been looking at the way that the Bears can best set themselves up with Justin Fields moving forward. The best way to do it is to try to get as much 2024 draft capital as well. They still need to maintain a 2023 first round pick. That is a non-negotiable for me, preferably inside the top 10. But I need some 2024 draft capital, including a first-round pick, in one of these trades back. Now, the potential offers thrown out here by Courtney and Matt Miller, the Indianapolis Colts sending you the number four overall pick, a second-rounder, a fourth-rounder, all that in this year's draft, and then a 2024 fourth-rounder. So three picks in this year's draft and one in next year's draft, a third rounder. The Houston Texans, the number two overall pick, a third rounder this year, a fourth rounder this year, and then a 2024 third rounder. So three picks in this year's draft, including moving just one spot back, so maybe double trade there, and then a 2024 third rounder, one pick in next year's draft. Then you get to the Carolina Panthers. The number nine overall pick, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, a 2024 first rounder, and a 2024 third rounder. And that to me is is the the winning ticket right there. Because I want to get 2024 draft capital stocked up on the shelves for Ryan Poles to either use it if you need to or use it to go out and make a trade. Set yourself up for the future nicely. But what do you think? 312-332-332. Three seven seven six. What do you What do you want to see coming back for this number one overall pick? Lonnie's in Lombard. Lonnie, what's going on? Hey Tyler, how's it going? Good. What you got for us tonight, Lonnie? So I've heard a little bit, like just on social media, and I feel like no one's really talking about it seriously. But just the prospect of trading back to two with the Texans, and then trading the two back to four at the Colts, and kind of double dipping a little bit. Um, I've heard the Colts might like Levis. So mm-hmm. maybe he, they move up a little bit. And like I said, we, we got a lot of holes to fill. So I feel like if you just get more picks there, maybe 
that's the move. I don't know how realistic it is, but I've, I've definitely heard people kind of might be a pipe dream, but people talking about that for sure. Yeah, I'm with you, Lonnie. Like, if you can trade back twice, be my guest. I'd love that. Um, right. But again, it has there has to be an appetite, and there has to be right. quarterbacks that teams value. I mean, one of the best case situations for this Bears team is seeing Anthony Richardson, especially if you want the double trade back, is seeing Anthony Richardson blow up at the combine or at his pro day. And just absolutely wow a team. Or even if Will Levis does that and maybe makes that that fourth overall pick that you may trade for with the Colts, makes that pick even more valuable. I, that to me is a dream scenario as a Bears fan, Lonnie. Right, right. I mean, like Will Levis, I think, has the most like true quarterback trait like, that you can build off of. He might be like a little bit raw, but I don't know. I've heard, you know plenty of speculation that he might be the the highest feeling in the draft and Richardson like you said he's he's a freak athlete it's just can he put it together and if he goes off in pro day who knows but you know if we can double dip I mean we, we have so many holes to fill I mean if we can just like you said I mean 2024 is probably just as important as 2023 but if we can fill some holes this year see where we're at and then kind of make the push next year we might be right there absolutely appreciate the phone call Lonnie you have a good night you too. That's Lonnie and Lombard. He found us at 312-332-3776. You want to talk Bears, you want to talk draft with us. We're with you here on ESPN 1000. So the Bears have nine draft picks for this upcoming draft, and they have six for next year's draft. Now, again, a lot of these picks come in uh, based on trades that are made on draft day, as well as trades that are made in the offseason, as well as when you get to the trade deadline as well. But for me, I want to see Ryan Poles start to stock the the cupboard a little bit for 2024 because you're talking about Justin Fields. If everything goes right for the Bears and Justin Fields, you're going to have to pay this guy, right? You're going to have to give him a boatload of of cash if you're going to set him up to be the, the quarterback of the future for this team because that's just how contracts are in the NFL at the quarterback position. You need to go out and pay the guy. And that's why I found the Chiefs championship this past year so fascinating. Because this is the start of the mega contract, the 10-year, $450 million deal for Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people have, you always hear, right? The the cheat code to winning in the NFL is to win with a rookie quarterback. Or not a rookie quarterback, a quarterback on a rookie deal, right? So how did the Chiefs do that? Well, They went out and acquired more draft capital. And their defensive players, you look at their defensive backfield. They had three corners that played integral roles on this team that were rookies. One of which they found in the seventh round. Another guy, George Karloftis on the defensive line, he made big plays for them all year. And that's because this team went out, prepared themselves, found guys in the draft, and had the capital in hand as well to build around a an expensive quarterback and one that has rightfully paid the amount of money that he's paid right now. And the way that they did that shows you why they're a world champion right now. You can win with an expensive quarterback. You just have to pick the right guys and keep them around on cheap contracts. And I think when you draft guys in 2024, 
hey, you get that extra year of that window potentially with Justin Fields as your quarterback on what's hopefully a lucrative deal. So that, that to me is why I'm looking for a little bit more 2024 capital in a trade coming back and why this Panther offer of a the ninth overall pick, third rounder, fourth rounder for this year, and then a 2024 first rounder and a 2024 third rounder. Very, very appealing to me as a Bears fan. Steve's in Chicago Heights. What's going on, Steve? Hey, how you guys doing this afternoon? I'm good. What you got for us? Well, I'm just wondering, and maybe I think differently, but knowing that the Bears are trading this pick, it's assumed, correct? Yeah. So mm-hmm. wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't they possibly get a better return by taking the quarterback uh, Bryce Young? And then waiting for a trade to happen once you already have them. See, I, I believe that these teams know the Bears are trying to trade the pick, and therefore they're going to minimize their offers. But if they actually have the player, now those offers are, those offers may uh, you know may increase. Here's what I would say to that, Steve. I think drafting to trade is a very dangerous proposition because. You don't know the ins and outs of every other team's draft board. So, okay, let's say in your situation here, the Bears go out and draft Bryce Young, right? They go out, take the guy that's the presumed top quarterback. Well, what if the Indianapolis Colts on their board, Will Levis is their number one guy, right? All of a sudden, Bryce Young doesn't have any value to the Colts. So that's why... he may not have... He may not have value to the Colts, but he would still have value to Houston. He would still have value to the Raiders. He but would how still do you have value to Carolina? How do you know that is the top guy on their board? What if what if the Carolina Panthers love CJ Stroud? And right. want CJ Stroud. I cuz and to me as a a team that's drafting too, I want to pick my guy. And I think part of why the the mystique, it's the mystique of not knowing anyone's draft board, too. That, to me, is what drives up the price for that number one overall pick. It's because you are giving someone the luxury to control the way the board falls after that. And that's why I think you don't draft to trade. Because whoever you may pick at number one, you may have eliminated a couple of trade suitors. Whereas if you have the number one overall pick, that door is open to anybody that wants to have their pick of the litter at quarterback. I mean, I understand it. I just think that with every team knowing that the Bears are trading out of this pick, then why offer more than what you need to offer? So, like, in your scenario, you said uh, Indianapolis uh, offers the fourth uh, – they go from four to one, Mm -hmm. so the Bears drop down to four. And then they give you a a, a, a twenty twenty four fourth rounder, like the number one pick, and to be able to get the quarterback that you want is only worth the number four pick. And probably, I mean, if Bryce Young is any good, Indianapolis will probably finish better than five hundred next year. So that that twenty twenty four pick will probably be somewhere like in the one ten to one twenty five range. Like that's not well, really okay, so, you at all. Steve, Steve, there there were three other picks involved in that. Uh, trade or two other picks that were involved in that trade as well. The, here's the other thing: we very rarely see rookie quarterbacks have instant success in the league. So that's, you see a lot true. of teams that draft rookie quarterbacks, 
end up sort of in that top 10 to 12 range. If you're really good, maybe you get into the playoffs, but you're doing so usually not on the back of the rookie quarterback. It's usually because you've got a pretty complete team already in place and you're kind of helping this guy along. Okay. If that makes sense to you. Appreciate the phone calls. Thank you. Have a good night. Yep, you too. That's Steve in Chicago Heights. Appreciate the call. 312-332-3776. Nathan's in Crestwood. What's up, Nathan? Hey, hey. Uh, thanks for having me on. So I'm just curious, like, if you know of any situation or cause I don't recall any offhand of, uh, like, teams kind of kind of uh, bidding ahead of the draft, like, to where you could kind of get a little bit more, like, with a couple teams prior to the draft. Like, you ever seen it where the dra- first-round draft pick was traded Tired of the draft and getting more. The only time I could think of like where somebody blew it um, by overpaying was, you know, was the Mitch deal. That's the only time, but that was during the draft. So that's my question. Yeah, and it's a great question, Nathan. And there was actually a great article on ESPN.com earlier today that kind of discussed exactly that of what the the first overall pick and, and the the history of it. And usually you see the first overall pick traded a little bit in advance um, because you are talking about uh, a draft pick that I think when you get closer and closer to draft day, it almost loses a little bit of value. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that for the team that's drafting. I'm talking about if you're trying to move the pick because – Further and further out, you've got teams that are trying to evaluate quarterbacks, and they may be set on their guys and their boards and their ways, but they want to know in advance who you're who you're given or who they will have the opportunity to pick. And I think that you'll see this Bears draft pick, this number one overall pick, you'll see it dealt before draft day, maybe even a couple weeks in advance. I, the last time we saw a number one overall pick traded was the Titans trading their number one overall pick to the Rams, who ended up taking Jared Goff. And that pick was traded, I believe, two or three weeks in advance of the NFL draft. So I do think there will be some time. And I do think that the second trade back for the Bears, that if they were to trade back a second time, that's something that you'll see happen on draft day. But in terms of the number one overall pick, I'd imagine you'll see the Bears trade that well in advance of the the date of the NFL draft. 312-332-3776. We are talking Bears with you on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys tonight. When we come back, I do want to have a little bit more quarterback conversation with you, but outside of the Bears and the realm of that, you know, a lot of interesting quarterback moves could be made this offseason. I've got the list of my list of the five guys who hold the keys to the offseason at the quarterback position from least to most important. The top five guys that hold the keys to the offseason. That's coming up next. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah.
Malik and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. 312-332-3776. Talked a lot of Bears. I do have a list of five quarterbacks that I think hold the keys to this upcoming offseason. Who are the five most important quarterbacks for this offseason in terms of movement that we're going to see within the confines of the NFL? 312-332-3776. Before we do that, let's squeeze in TJ. He's on I-355. What's up, TJ? Hey, Tyler. How's it going? Good. What you got for us tonight? Yeah, so I wanted to kind of pick your brain on what do you think we would need to get back from the number one overall pick? to kind of package up and make a splash for a T Higgins or, you know, one of those number one wide receiver types for Justin. Yeah, I think that's I'll appreciate it, TJ. You have a good night. Drive safely. You know, I think that with the T Higgins possibility, that carrot sort of dangled out to bears fans certainly has heated up a little bit. Um, we've heard T Higgins say like, listen, he wants to get paid. I don't blame him. Like we know what the, the lifespan in the NFL is. Nothing's promised. Tomorrow's never promised in this league. So when you think about a a trade package for T. Higgins, that's part of why I want to get as much draft capital back this season or for 2024 as possible because T. Higgins, I don't think, will be a guy that gets dealt this year. I think next year you could certainly see him be a, a potential trade candidate because with a guy like T. Higgins, first of all, I think the Bengals will find a way to hold on to him. I know. It's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough for them to find a way. But you look at what the Chiefs have done. You can find ways to patch things up on the defensive secondary side of things. And you can scheme your way into a good defense, even if you maybe don't have the best of talent. Um, As we've seen uh, someone like um, what they did out with the Giants this year. And, but, and Lou Anarumo has done a fantastic job with the, this Bengals defense this past season and in years past as well. I think the Bengals will try to find every which way to keep T. Higgins, even though you are going to have to pay Joe Burrow. You are going to have to pay Jamar Chase. But I think you go out there and do everything in your power to try to work something out and figure every, everything else later. And we've seen Joe Burrow survive with a lackluster offensive line as well. However, let's say they cannot find a way to to figure that out. Well, then, yeah, things certainly get interesting. And that's why I think you want to try to accumulate some draft capital. Get yourself a future first. Get yourself a future third. That way you've got the ability to go out and get a T. Higgins-type receiver. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what the exact value draft pick-wise is for T. Higgins. But I do think that a T. Higgins trade involves more 2024 draft capital as opposed to 2023 draft capital. I think this is a situation that either it reaches a boil in training camp because they can't find an agreement on some sort of contract extension, or at least there's no sort of hope for a contract extension, or it's something that gets settled next off season with T Higgins. And I would love to see him in a bears uniform. I just don't know how plausible that is um, in terms of what the exact price will be. I think it's something that the Bears could make happen, especially if they go out and get plenty of 2024 draft capital. You just want to give yourself options, right? The options to go out 
and make a splash and try to get someone like T. Higgins. 312-332-3776. If you want to jump in and talk a little bit more about the Bears, free agency, the draft, all that fun stuff, or if you've got some hypothetical trades, throw those our way as well here on Bleck and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys tonight. All right, so we've got an NFL offseason of intrigue. Obviously in this city, right? Bears with the number one overall pick. And then plenty of cash to spend as well. But looking at the quarterback market, right? Like we're starting to enter the era now where we're starting to see some quarterbacks shuffle around. We saw it last offseason when we saw Russell Wilson get traded. We saw it the offseason before that when we saw Tom Brady make a move. We see we saw this past offseason as well, Deshaun Watson get moved as well. We are seeing the elites start to move their ways around. And on top of that, we are also seeing, and we have seen in the plenty of years prior, quarterbacks who shoot their way up draft boards. It's just the nature of the beast, right? Teams want quarterbacks. You heard Jim Ursay talk about it. There's no denying the value of the quarterback in this sport. So there's a number of names that could be available or will be available that I think sort of hold the keys to the offseason this year in, in the NFL. So here, I've compiled my, my top five. Top five quarterbacks who sort of hold the keys to the offseason. I'm not saying they're the five best quarterbacks, but I think these are the, the five dominoes that we'll start to see some action and create action and chaos around the football offseason, all right? So number five here, my number five quarterback that I think can create some chaos and sort of holds the keys to the offseason, Will Levis, all right? I'm including both draft prospects as well as free agents, as well as guys that are on teams and under contract right now. But Will Levis is my number five guy. Here's why. He seems like the guy that is most likely to become enamored with. It's either him or Anthony Richardson. Right now, in a lot of mock drafts, you see Will Levis much higher than Anthony Richardson. And I think his intrigue, and if he goes out, balls out at the Combine, maybe at the Kentucky Pro Day, if he goes out and absolutely shines and maybe works his way into the conversation of, ooh, could this guy be the number one overall pick? That's going to create some chaos within the confines of the NFL. So this one is banked on potential, but I do think Will Levis is the fifth biggest name to watch in sort of in the, the terms of creating chaos in the NFL offseason. Number four, a guy who recently became a free agent, and that is Derek Carr, released by the Raiders. You know, he's a guy who you see his name, this he feels like the guy who's going to be a consolation prize for whatever happens in the Aaron Rodgers saga. And I'll get to Aaron in a little bit. But he is going to be a guy who, all right, maybe we see the Jets miss out on Derek Carr. That could be where we see Derek Carr find it. Or maybe the Jets miss out on Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's where we see Derek Carr sort of slide his way in. Maybe a team like San Francisco wants to get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, can't get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you see Derek Carr slide his way in there. Atlanta? New Orleans? I mean, pick your poison in the 
NFC South, all those teams need quarterbacks right now. But if we see Derek Carr, I think he's going to be the collateral after the Aaron Rodgers saga sort of gets settled out. When Aaron Rodgers emerges from the darkness, I think we'll see an answer on Derek Carr. Number three, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, I think, is the third most important and agent of chaos of this upcoming NFL quarterback offseason. Because he is the number one drafts prospect, according to most places right now, I think you look at Bryce Young as, all right, we know the Bears are open for business for that number one overall pick. Who's going to come up and get him? Is it going to be the Colts that make the leap? Is it going to be the Texans that move up one pick? Is it going to be the Panthers? Maybe the Falcons get involved in the mix here. Who's going to be the one that ends up with Bryce Young? There's a number of options right now for who that may be. And that's why I think Bryce Young, number three in terms of quarterbacks that can cause the most chaos for this upcoming offseason. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. That's where we'll find our old enemy Aaron Rodgers here. Hopefully old enemy when things are all said and done here. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to a rebuilding team. And this is the situation that could be drawn out in the most dramatic of fashions for this offseason. Is he going to go to New York, who seems like they're a quarterback away? Is he going to go to Vegas, team up with his old buddy Devontae Adams with a team that I don't think is as far off as some people think as well because they've got some pieces on both sides of the ball. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the second biggest agent of chaos. And again, I think people maybe are wondering, how is he not your number one, right? But I think the drama of it all, and after seeing the Packers not make the postseason this year, I think largely due in part to the injury that Rodgers was playing through, but... Rodgers also impacts a lot of other dominoes. Like, what's going to happen with Jordan Love? Is Jordan Love all of a sudden going to become a trade commodity? Will he stay with Green Bay? Will Aaron Rodgers stay with Green Bay? Is Aaron Rodgers, even if he does come back and play for the Green Bay Packers, is he good enough to be the top guy in the division and bring the Packers back to the playoffs? All this stuff is really fascinating to me with Aaron Rodgers. But he is not my number one in terms of quarterbacks that hold the most important keys to the offseason. My number one is Lamar Jackson. You know, this is the storyline that I think got buried the most by Super Bowl. You always hear about, oh, the Friday news dump. How about a Super Bowl news dump? This came out on Saturday, right before the Super Bowl. Ian Rappaport coming out and reporting that... The Baltimore Ravens could be swayed by a trade for Lamar Jackson and would be potentially open to moving on from Lamar if the right offer came across their desk. Lamar Jackson, of all the quarterbacks that I've sort of listed off for you, he's the most talented. He's got an MVP under his belt, been to the playoffs multiple times, hasn't had a lot of playoff success, but... We've seen what Lamar does. He can engineer big-time drives for you. At times, he feels like one of the most unstoppable players 
in the NFL with the way that he can use his arm and use his leg. Now, I think he's dipped off a little bit because of his injuries over the past couple of seasons. And I do, and since his MVP season, I quite frankly, I think he's lost the Ravens more games than he's won them. But you cannot deny the talent in place right now with Lamar Jackson. And here's a couple reasons why I think this is the number one agent of chaos for this NFL offseason. One of two things is going to happen here. Either he's going to move on and be traded, and that shakes up the Ravens situation. It drastically improves another team's situation at quarterback. Or he's going to give you a glimpse into what the new quarterback contract market is going to look like, which could be particularly interesting in this town because of what it could set up for the Bears when they go to the negotiating table with Justin Fields if he does solidify himself as the quarterback of the future. So just something to keep an eye on here. I think we'll see a standard sort of set with Lamar that will predicate maybe the contract that we see Jalen Hurts get, maybe the contract that Justin Fields ultimately gets because they are running quarterbacks. But to me, Lamar Jackson, because of his age, because of the skins he has on the wall, and because of his overall talent, and just because of the unpredictable nature of it, and how he could drastically improve a team that maybe isn't in the quarterback derby right now. You know, Jeff Meller brought up the name during crosstalk of Miami. Like, Miami's a team right now, I know Tua's had the the concussion issues over the course of uh, this past season, but Lamar Jackson could put Miami into the quarterback derby all of a sudden. You could see another team sort of emerge and be interested in acquiring a Lamar Jackson. So those are my five in order, the quarterbacks that can cause the most chaos, the ones that hold the keys to this offseason. My number five was Will Levis, four, Derek Carr, three, Bryce Young, two, Aaron Rodgers, and number one, Lamar Jackson. What do you think of that list? 312-332-3776. We'll take all your calls, talk a little more football with you when we come back here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys here on ESPN 1000. From the old National Bank State Street studio, this is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. You can take us on the go as well. Download the ESPN Chicago app. Got us in your pocket at all times. You can also watch us on Twitch today and every day. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. So saw this this past week. Um, A new trend that's kind of going around TikTok. And it is called the Caviar Topped Doritos. 
Caviar Top Doritos. So uh, we've got Charlie Bevins with us tonight. We've got Kendra Smith with us tonight. Caviar Top Doritos. Is that something that I can interest you into ordering? Uh, no. That is a, a firm no. Hard no for, for you. Because well, no. it would probably be, like, I don't know, how much is caviar? It's probably like a tablespoon for $10 or something. I don't know. It's not cheap. Is. I know yeah. that. I, it's Here, I'm not even going to try to answer that question because I'm not in the market to be buying caviar. So Yeah, that makes sense. But, but you, Kendra, caviar on Doritos, in or out? No, that sounds disgusting. I'm not a big fish fan anyway. Okay. Yeah, me, right. me either. I'm not... I won't, I don't really eat fish. So this is one of the the latest culinary trends, according to TikTok, and you know people are putting caviar on tater tots as well as other things. But this is something that I, I started to think about here. Like, you guys wasn't appealing to you, right? Disgusting. I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. But I think everyone sort of has their one gross concoction that they've made up for themselves that they're into like you'll eat it even though it sounds gross to other people you're gonna eat it and it is not necessarily oh it's like snails right it's not that i'm thinking something more along the lines of maybe it's serendipitous maybe it's something that you just sort of like oh maybe these two things kind of got pushed together on your plate one time and then you just started making them together uh, all the time, all of a sudden, or maybe you just had a hankering for two things at once and you put it together and eh, it turned out pretty good. So I, I think I shared this last week on the show, but the, the gross combination that I came up with when I was in like L or middle school and even into high school, I would put Frank's red hot sauce on pretzels and on goldfish. And that may sound gross to a lot that's of people. That's not gross to me. That's not gross to no, you. No, I love Frank's. I love it. Love that's, it. And then, that's pretty mild there. And then one, I actually saw uh, when I was at Jewel like a couple months ago, they make like a Frank's Red Hot flavored goldfish now. So I kind of think I'm like an innovator here. Um, but when I look at a potential gross, do you guys have like a gross concoction that you put together that to the outside world may sound absolutely disgusting? But to you, you're going to eat it, and you don't care how you get judged for it. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I put, I put hot sauce on basic, on like everything. But I'm trying to think of like a weird salty sweet. Like I like, I've had peanut butter on a cheeseburger before. That's good, but that's kind of in vogue right now. So I don't know if that's some weird combo at this point. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like putting hot sauce on a lot of stuff, I guess. Like I put it on pizza, but I feel like that's I put pretty normal. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's relatively normal. Um, sometimes it's mixing the condiments with stuff um, that you don't think of. Or I, I know this has been something that's been brought up on this show before, but peanut butter and pickles, too. Something that I've never thought to try, but that apparently it's disgusting. pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, with you. Well, I guess you. the salt c- content would be I'm a big salty-sweet but... combo person. So you, you like to mix those. Yeah, I mean, I... I haven't, even though I do like both peanut butter and pickles, I've never found myself sort of stumbling into, oh, I'm going to pull both of these things out of the fridge at the same time, right? And notes in the Twitch chat right now. He was outside of our studios yesterday. He had a chicken pot pie soup. I think that that's something that I would have never considered to put together, chicken pot pie and then soup. They had, they sell it at Potbelly. But yeah, I know. And, and that's that's the thing is like you put it together and it created something like, you know what this always brings me back to? Like if, if you played youth sports, 
especially when you were really young, like third or fourth grade, sometimes you go out to, to eat as a team after, right? And there's the parents sitting at one table, the kids sitting at another table, and you know things get nasty with the kids, and they make what's called, like, the kids will always call it soup, right? Where it's just everyone's leftover something, and you yes. put it in a cup or a bowl, and it's disgusting, God bless whatever waiter or waitress who's not paid nearly enough and the parents are not going to tip nearly enough to clean that cup or bowl out. I, I dip fries in mustard. People don't like that. People think that's weird. But I don't, again, I don't think that's like a really gross thing. No, like I can at least see that, right? Um, but yeah, God bless any of the, the waiters or waitresses that had to clean up soup after the, the youth games, the quote unquote soup. That you could uh, that were put together by the brilliant minds of third and fourth grade travel baseball players, right? Uh, never, never paid enough for that. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Do you have a gross combination that for you you're going to eat it? You love it. You don't care what people think about it. Kendra, do you have something? Do you? I eat. Uh, this is normal now, but like the sriracha mixed with the ranch, you put it on your pizza. Ooh, I yeah. have not done that. If you go before. to like Blaze Pizza, I think mm-hmm. it's like something they all call sor- sriracha, oh, sriracha, sriracha, whatever, something like okay. that. Yeah, but it's but it's you came delicious. up with that. You think? No, you no, came no, up no. With I that. didn't come up with it. You know, you just it's certain things you do where you just start mixing certain things, and then you go to a restaurant. You're like, oh wait, I've been doing that for forever. The yeah. combo bottles are a big thing now. Like they sell like may- like mayo and ketchup in a yeah. bottle. They sell mm-hmm. all that stuff now. Yeah. Mayo, disgusting. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You want to share a gross combination with us? I see uh, Todd O'Connor, or no, no, no. This is uh, Victorious in the the Twitch chat. Rice and ketchup. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes used to catch That's all so that. Awful. Used to catch uh, a lot of ketchup. heat for the the ketchup that he would put on his steaks. Right, like. Ugh. Steak and ketchup. Well, that's that's better than the football player who puts mayo in his coffee. That's Will Levis. Will Levis, yes. Yeah. And he put uh, he that's eats ba- he eats bananas uh, whole. He eats it with like the he, peel. He eats right? with the peel yeah. on. He doesn't peel well, it. He uh, just eats it with the skin on. Well, I mean, disgusting. I, yeah, that's disgusting. But you can't do that. But no one does it. Because no. why? For that reason alone, he should be a third For round. For that pick. reason alone, you're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Kendra Smith and Charlie Bevins for producing tonight's show. Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow night as well. 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000 for an all calls welcome Friday right here on Black and Abdallah. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah were off tonight. They were in for Greeny earlier today. They will be in for Greeny early tomorrow as well, 10 to noon, right here on ESPN 1000. So be sure to tune into that. And if you missed their show today, be sure to check out the podcast wherever you get the Black and Abdallah podcast. Danielle's on the south side. What's going on, Danielle? Yes. How are you, Tyler? I'm good. What you got for us tonight? Guess what? I like your pick for the five quarterbacks that's going to create problems. I love it. You, oh, you like the, the, the five quarterbacks that I picked that could create yes, some chaos? Yes, did. Yeah, that was a good. That, that was really good. 
That was really good. That's what I'm thinking too. But it's really nice. So you 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 are very intelligent and very knowledgeable about NFL. Okay, I give you that. You're a man of respect. Well, thank you very much, Danielle. I appreciate you agreeing with the, the list I gave. And you have a good night, all right? Okay, thank you. You too. All right. That's Danielle on the south side. So I gave this, li- this list of the five uh, quarterbacks that sort of create the most chaos, the agents of chaos for this offseason. Will Levis, Derek Carr, Bryce Young, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. That is five through one on my my list of quarterbacks that can create some chaos for this offseason. Uh, don't forget... We've got our 25th anniversary celebration here at ESPN 1000. It's going to be the biggest party of the year. We're going to have guests on guests on guests from our 25-year history. You're not going to want to miss it. It is Friday, March 24th. Doors open at 11 a.m. at the House of Blues from 12 to 6 p.m. Go to LiveNation.com, search ESPN Chicago. Must be 21 and older to get in with a valid ID required to get inside the premises of the House of Blues. Going to be a lot of fun. I've been listening to the station for ages, ever since I was in fourth grade. And it's funny, like I, I grew up driving home from school, listening to Carmen, Yurko, and Harry. And I know that, that Mac, Yurko, and Harry are going to have a their big reunion show as well. Um and then I grew up in listening to, to Mike and Mike on my way to school. And then when I got to high school and I was the one doing the driving, I listened to Waddle and Sylvie on the way home from school. And it's just been a lot of fun to, to work with all these guys now and call them teammates here at ESPN 1000. So you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have plenty of great guests as well in attendance. You've got scheduled to attend Jay Cutler, Eddie, o- Eddie Olchek, Robbie Gold, bunch of former ESPN and Chicago personalities as well, like Sarah Spain, Nick Friedel, Fred Hubner, Ray Flores, the Cornets are scheduled to be in town as well. So looking forward to seeing all of them at the ESPN 1000 25th anniversary celebration. House of Blues, Friday, March 24th, LiveNation.com. Search ESPN Chicago for your tickets. You know, we were talking a little bit about gross combinations that are being concocted by the youths of TikTok. They're putting together caviar and Doritos, caviar and tater tots. Those are things that don't look like they go well together. But I think everyone sort of has their own combination that you don't really care what anyone thinks about it. You're going to try it and you're going to eat it no matter what. And you don't care. It's a judgment-free for you. Uh, Space Bard gets to us on Twitter. He says, when I was a kid, I used to take American cheese singles and eat them with pickle slices. This is when there was basically nothing else to snack on inside the house. He would also tear a little bit of cheese, then pick up a pickle slice, then boom, he had his little his little afternoon snack there. That's that's a good one right there. The one thing I will say is that pickles and cheese, you see that often on like a burger, right? You'll get uh, a craft single and then pickles on a burger. I love both of them. I love cheese, love pickles, and I think if you put them together, that's a good combo. Although I will say. I don't think I'm re- going into the fridge and grabbing a slice of cheese and then dipping my hand into the pickle jar and putting it together and making myself a little uh, little pickle sandwich with yeah, you sandwich with cheese. P- pretty desperate for that combination yeah. right there. So I, I think that's a good one there from from space. Um, another one. There was another good one that I saw in the, the Twitch chat that is now escaping me. Um, we'll have to go back and look at that. But yeah, no, that uh, my personal one, I always put hot sauce on my goldfish. 
hot sauce on my pretzels, put it in a bowl, shake it all up a little bit. What about hot sauce on the pizza? I put hot sauce on pizza too, but eggs. I don't think that's that weird. And eggs too, yeah. yes. I'm not a big egg eater, but when I do, I always put uh, a little bit of hot sauce with it. Nicholas H. on Twitter suggested hot sauce on vanilla ice cream. Oh, that's uh, that's a no fly zone. For yeah, me. that's a little that's a little out there. Yeah, uh, that that's not for me right there. Note is in the t- Twitch chat as well. He says, "Wasn't Pepsi Milk trying to be a thing a few months ago?" He's correct. Shake and Shay. Yes, they tried the the Pepsi Milk, the the Pilk. As they were calling it in the streets. You know so. what I enjoy? French fries in my salad. That's so French good. fries in your salad. Yes, that's delicious. That feels counterintuitive. Okay. But it's so good. But it's like so good. at that point, what's the point of eating the salad? It's still so good. I mean, people put <laughs> like just, ran- people put ranch on their salad. That's not that's healthy at all. I guess, but not that's more of like a sauce. Like if still. you're gonna put fries in the salad, I so, feel like you just settle next, for the crouton. Listen, it's not time. nearly as good. But <laughs> right, you put croutons. It's the same concept. When I roll in with sweet green next time, Tyler, I'm gonna bring some fries to put on there too. No. See what Danny thinks. Oh, change Danny, yeah, life. you'll you will be eviscerated by the the armchair nutritionist on that one. Carmen's in the Twitch chat. He says, "I don't get you fries and chocolate frosty people." That that is a fantastic combination. It's not even weird anymore. Yeah. Like it's just good. It's it's almost implied. Like if you're getting like any sort of chocolate ice cream type of like in the the cup. And then you get the any soft serve and then uh, some fries. You, you got to dip it. Speaking of Carmen, he's in North Riverside. And he wants to say goodnight to the people. Carmen, first of all, defend your frosty take real quick and then say goodnight to the people. I, I, I don't get it. It's I mean, I understand salt and sweet, but not salt and chocolate. All right. Say goodnight. Goodnight, Chicago. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.